Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. edition of the Night Report Podcast. I'm Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is Richie Schneiderite. We have a special guest to talk the Rutgers-Minnesota game, Tony Liebert of the Believe uh, Minnesota Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Uh, but before we get into today, this weekend's game, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Uh, as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fast and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Uh, you could head to Bet Online and join to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Tony, that probably sounds familiar to you guys. I assume you guys also have Bet Online as one of your sponsors. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. You guys bet out in Minnesota? Uh, no, we cannot. Uh, but legal, I, legal. I, I guess we can still advertise it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, so we're also sponsored by Adam Goldman. If you guys don't know, he's a franchise coach. So basically, if you're just tired of making podcasts all day like what we do, um, you could change it up and make and make a whole career out of uh, other something else. You could start up your own Dunkin' Donuts, your own McDonald's, your own any fast food joint, pretty much, or anything else. Um, so Adam Goldman's a Scarlet Knight fan, a Knight Report member, and uh, Watchung Hills native. So uh, it's a Jersey guy through and through. So give him a call today if you want to change up your career and kind of get your own kind of American dream. Eight four four eight hundred three seven two six, or you could also reach him at franchisecoach.net. All right, so a big game this upcoming weekend for both programs, both Minnesota and Rutgers, both trying to keep their bowl hopes alive this season. Both had very similar starts their year, too. You guys started 4-0 and have gone uh, 0-3 since. We started 3-0 and gone 1-3 since. Both of us kind of have a tale of two halves of the season. Tell us a little bit about why Minnesota has been struggling recently, and is it just like a jump in, in competition level, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, I, I think there, that definitely has something to do with it. Um, the Gophers certainly did not have a uh, tough start to the uh, season uh, with regards to their schedule with uh, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, uh, three really the three just not very good opponents. Uh, I don't think anyone would consider any of those teams good. And then uh, Michigan State at the time, we played them. I guess people still had some high hopes for their season. Um, they obviously were ranked pretty high preseason and before their Washington loss ranked high. But now I think we're seeing that they're uh, near the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, and then the last three weeks they played, I think, three of the better teams in the Big Ten. Um, but I think it goes more than that. Um, in the first four weeks, it's just the stuff that was working is just not working anymore. Um, I, I think the biggest weakness in this uh, for this Gophers team, in my eyes, is the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, it's kind of been, at least last season, that was a big strength. Both ends uh, of the trenches were a uh, big positive of the team. Um, we 
lost uh, Daniel Falele to the NFL draft. A um, few other veteran offensive linemen uh, are now um, in the NFL playing pro football. And I think the offensive line just really hasn't been able to mesh since. Uh, we added two transfers with um, with uh, Quinn Carroll, who's a Minnesota guy, and uh, Chuck Filiaga, who's from Michigan. Um, but it just seems like as a whole they just really haven't been meshing. And then on the defensive line, we just really they just really haven't been able to generate much pressure all season. And I think both of those areas kind of are showing up when you play those good those better teams that they've been facing the last few weeks. So, so I'm going to jump right into it. The question of the day. Um, obviously, you said there's some offensive issues, but who's quarterback this week? Is it is it going to be Athen? Is it going to be Tanner? Is Tanner yeah. even healthy? <laughs> Uh, so that's certainly an interesting question, and kind of the theme of the whole offseason, a lot of people were saying, uh, oh, Tanner's been here for 12 years, time to move on, we need a different <laughs> quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he started out the year really good. He was Big Ten Player of the Week, I think, after the Michigan State game. Um, and he looked really solid. He looked like he was back in 2019 uh, when that was kind of the breakout season for P.J. Fleck. Um, but, and since then, it just really hasn't looked looked as good, and I think that's a little to do with the offense line, with the receivers. It's not all on him. I think there's a lot more problems to this team than just quarterback play. Uh, but Ethan looked really good against Penn State, in my opinion. Um, the box score might not show it as much, but he didn't really make any blatant mistakes, and he was a redshirt freshman making his first career start in one of the toughest atmospheres in college football. Um, so I, I personally think um, – Tanner gives this team the best chance to win going forward this year. Um, I think the future is really bright with Ethan at the helm, and Gophers fans should uh, be excited for the future. Um, but there, P.J. Fleck is, I guess, notoriously with the media. He doesn't really give much information on injuries. Uh, he really lets, I guess, the players handle that if they would like. Um, so he's been pretty quiet. Um Tanner warmed up last week before the Penn State game, traveled with the team. Um, if I had to make a prediction, I think he will start this game. Um, but if, if he doesn't, I don't think there's a dramatic uh, drop-off in quarterback play. Uh, some would argue there's an increase in quarterback play, um, but I think you would just see a different level of player. Uh, there's things that Tanner can do that Ethan can't, and there's things that Ethan can do that Tanner can't. Um, so... I think it's still up in the air, but if I had to guess, I think Tanner will will start uh, back in the lineup this week against Rutgers. Yeah, I think our two fan bases have a similar situation where uh, we've had quarterback injuries. Noah Vedral broke his hand, I believe, in the preseason. Tanner has the concussion. Uh, but both both programs seem to want to see what the future holds, maybe a little early. Um, so we have a backup who's you know one of the top-rated recruits in 2021, I believe. He moved class – or 2022, I'm sorry. In, uh, is it 2021? 2021. Yeah. Yeah, Gavin Wimsat. He's also kind of been hit or miss with his limited uh, snaps. Um, but who do you think ultimately, if both are healthy, should be starting now that you've kind of seen a little bit out of both? Yeah. Um, so, honestly, I could be persuaded both ways. Um, like you said, I think there are a lot of similarities with both Minnesota and Rutgers program. Um, in the in the spring, um, going to a few practices, I was really impressed with Ethan. And uh, I think anyone on the team, and even Tanner, might admit that he's ha- certainly has better arm talent and a higher potential. Um, 
he was the Gatorade Player of the Year his senior year in Illinois, and uh, just a really high level, high talent recruit. And um, but I still think Tanner does things that uh, retro freshmen not necessarily will do consistently. He uh, even though he did get a few interceptions the last few weeks, a lot of those were on tip passes. Uh, he was, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the PFF grading system, but he was one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the country through the four, first four or five weeks. He still um, is, so, too. Yeah. He's number six overall. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a little extreme. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of their grading system, but uh, I think that should tell you enough that uh, kind of with how this team's designed, no matter what, they're still going to be a run-heavy team. Uh, the wide receivers have kind of been a big question mark all season. Um, so I don't think they necessarily need a quarterback that has this high-level arm talent to make these big throws because I don't think if Ethan is even behind center, he's going to be asked to do that. But he really wasn't asked to do it against Penn State, and I think going forward he really wouldn't if he started. So I think Tanner would probably give this team the best chance to win going forward. Gotcha. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about how kind of wild these stat swings have been, and I just want to throw some numbers at you. So over your guys' first four games, you averaged 45.3 points per game. The last three games, you've averaged under 14. Uh, in your in your first four games, you were converting on third down at almost 80%. I think you were 41 for 52 in the first four games. The last three games, you've gone eight for 32. Um, on defense, you guys only allowed 24 points over your first four games total, and you've been averaging 30 points per game since. I know that's kind of inflated by the Penn State game. So it seems like all over the field, you guys have kind of had wild swings. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, like, what's been going on the last three games that hasn't been working on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think offensively, um, not having Mo Ibrahim in the uh, Purdue game uh, definitely hurt the uh, overall offense. Um they weren't really able to run the ball at all in that game. Um, Trey Potts is a talented backup that's kind of shown to be a good number two option, but uh, when he kind of has the full workload, he's kind of struggled, been hit or miss. So I think uh, getting him back has kind of helped the offense at least a little bit more these last two games. Um, but the wide receivers is a position group that's kind of really struggled um, early in the year. We had Chris Oppenbell, who a uh, veteran guy coming back for his fifth, sixth year. I kind of lose track, but uh, he was the number one option, and he started out the year pretty well. He's shown to be a solid Big Ten wide receiver, and he went down early in the year uh, with a season-ending knee injury, and I think the wide receiver room really hasn't been able to recover. Um, there's a lot of talent in the room. Uh, Daniel Jackson's a redshirt sophomore who was a four-star recruit a few years back. Um, Daylon Wright, transferred from Texas A&M, also was a four-star. Um, might be the most talented guy in the room, um, but he's kind of been all over the place, um, dealing with some off-field issues here and there. Um, and then Mike Brown-Stevens is a player that a lot of Gophers fans are not real happy with. He's been dropping a lot of balls. Um, against the Purdue game, he had one uh, ball that tipped off his hands, and that was a pick right when we were in the right when they in the right when the Gophers were in the red zone, and that kind of flipped the game on its head. He's had a few plays like that. Um, so on offense, it's just there's just no consistency, I think, really anywhere on the field except for the running back position and maybe the tight end position. I think uh, Brevin Spanford is one of the better tight ends really in college football, and he kind of had a breakout game against Penn State, kind of career highs and catches and yards. 
So if he gets more involved, um, I think the passing game might be able to pick up, but it's just they become so one-dimensional. They're, uh, first down, it's a run to Mo Ibrahim. Second down, it's uh, second and seven, another run. Uh, it might be set, third and five, and then they just hit a pass. Kind of... It's classic Big Ten football. It's just this, run, this, run, run. This is uh, triggering me because this sounds pretty much like Rutgers' offense over the first half of the year before they fired uh, our former offense coordinator, Sean Gleason. Um, and also, your guys' offense kind of sounds a little similar to Iowa's in a in a way because Iowa, when we played them, basically the only people they were throwing the ball to was their tight end or running back. So is that kind of how your, off- your pass offense goes as well? Yeah, and I mean – those are the only ones that are being successful whenever we thought they throw it to a wide receiver. It kind of seems like bad things have been happening the last few games. Um, I think, honest, Mike Brown-Stevens, I think he's had two or three passes that have tipped off his hands and been interceptions. So that's a name that I think Gophers fans aren't real uh, happy with right now. Um, and then on, on the defensive side of the ball, it's honestly kind of the same thing. There's talent all over the field. On paper, they should just be performing better. Um, I think it's one of the more talented secondaries in college football. Um, but as a whole, the whole secondary has kind of been struggling the last few weeks. Uh, Terrell Smith was a uh, cornerback that really was doing well at the start of the year. Uh, he's kind of started to struggle a little bit. Justin Wally, true sophomore, who uh, kind of broke out as a true freshman last year. And it's just there's not much consistency on that side of the ball and not many, I guess, playmakers. Uh, on the back end, the safeties, uh, Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden have been making plays, but there's just not – they just can't find that consistency. It's just too up and down. And when you play teams like Illinois and Purdue, who are, in my opinion, the two best teams in the Big Ten West, and Penn State, who uh, is a team you can't really do that against because they have the athletes, and they're all, they are, always are going to have a pretty high floor with James Franklin. And it, it just they just can't find consistency all over the field. Yeah, so before we go like more deeper into the, uh, to the defense, I want to talk a little bit about the offense again. Uh, OC Kirk Soraka, um, how much is him to blame? I know you said it's mostly offensive line. I know Rutgers fans are pretty familiar with him. I think he was here 08 to 010, it's a, or 08 to 10, uh, under Shiano, actually. So, Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting aspect to this season because um, Gophers had – he was their offense coordinator in 2019 when it was that mm-hmm. breakout year. Uh, and then he went to Penn State the following year as an offense coordinator and got let go right after the year. Um, and then I think he was at West Virginia as like an offensive analyst. And then he came back to Minnesota replacing uh, Mike Sanford Jr., who uh, Gopher fans really just did not like at all. Um, he, <laughs> uh, if you, I mean, it was rightfully so. The offense really struggled the past two years. Um, so they moved on from him and brought back Soraka, and it looked like first four games when we're putting up these big numbers, like Mike said, uh, it looked like we were kind of back to that. Um, and then the last three games, I think it's just become too predictable. Um, and like in the Penn State game, they didn't really open up the offense too much for Ethan until like late in the game. Uh, when he's, And then he started making impressive throws. So it's just a lack of creativity that I feel like kind of any struggling Big Ten offense faces. Um just too many early down runs, and um, I definitely would say it has improved from last year. So uh, overall, I just think the blame is kind of equally on so many parts on the offense, and you can't really point to one thing because really the only thing right now that's doing well is whenever you hand the ball off to Muhammad Ibrahim, but 
uh, nobody else can seem to really get anything going. Yeah, I do want to talk about Mo a little bit. He's from the Northeast. I think he went to Good Counsel in, in Maryland. Um, you guys ranked 98th on the season in passing yards in terms of yards per game, and you were ranked 15th in, in rushing offense, uh, 218 yards per game. So it's pretty clear what you guys want to do. I think you're sixth in time of possession at 34 minutes per game. Sounds like your guys' ideal game plan is get ahead early and then just run with Mo the rest of the game. Um, if you guys, for whatever reason, can't get to that game script, is that why things have gotten tough for you? Because it's really your offense isn't really designed to, to throw you back into the game? Yeah, because like, uh, I think in the first four weeks, there might have been one or two punts all four games. And uh, the last few weeks, a lot, a lot more than that. And <laughs> it's just... Like you mentioned, on third downs, when you're in those third and long situations and you're relying on uh, a retro freshman quarterback to make a play or uh, just inexperienced wide receivers to make a play, uh, it just really hasn't worked out for them. Um, and you're in those obvious pass situations when the quarterback's just not been in a rhythm to, I guess, throw the football. And they just haven't been able to find consistency in those areas. And it it's just third down's the biggest thing. They just haven't been able to convert third downs, I think. You guys also don't commit many penalties. I think you're sixth in total penalties on the season. You only had 29 allowed. Um, would you say you guys are a fairly disciplined team overall, or is that just kind of fluky numbers? Uh, I definitely would say that uh, the Gophers are. Um, I would assume if you look at Past years under P.J. Fleck, it's kind of similar numbers. Um, I I went to the uh, Penn State game last week, and that was, I think, the most undisciplined I've seen a P.J. Fleck team. Uh, they had three or four false starts, opened the game with a false start, kind of like how uh, Michigan did a few years ago with a loud, whiteout crowd. Um, and it just didn't – they just were making so many mistakes that a P.J. Fleck coach team usually doesn't. And the way that he coaches in a game – um, he, if you make mistakes like that, the margin for error uh, for a P.J. Fleck team is very low because he doesn't like to run a lot of offensive plays. He likes to control time of possession. So when you only run a certain amount of plays and half of those are getting full start penalties, it's nearly impossible to overcome those mistakes. I also noticed you guys have committed a fair amount of turnovers this season. You got eight, inter you got eight uh, interceptions in seven games. It looks like you've got... Um, of those eight, uh, seven of them, I believe, or six of them have come in the last three games. Is that, what, is it just guys making bad reads, tip passes, or is it just the quarterback play hasn't been great the last three games? Yeah, I, I think it would be naive to say the quarterback play uh, was great. So it definitely hasn't been good by any means. But um, in that Purdue game was kind of when it started going downhill. Um Tanner's first two interceptions were, or I think he had he had one that was a bad pass, and then he had two other in that game. Uh, like I said, there was one in the red zone, bounced off a guy's hands. Uh, and then there was another one that bounced off a guy's hands late in the game. Um, so I think a lot of those plays you kind of have to, that's one thing I do like that uh, PFF does is how they uh, do like turnover-worthy plays. Because I think yep. a lot of those uh it's kind of being an uninformed fan just looking at the box score be like, oh, we had this many interceptions. Some of those aren't on the quarterback all the time. Um, yep. So I, I I would say it's honestly just been a mixture of the offense not playing consistently. Like the quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw. 
Uh, he might be holding on to the ball too long, and then it might bounce off the wide receiver's hands. It kind of has just been a, a mixed bag all over the field. Like, like I've been saying, uh, maybe nine out of the 11 offensive players kind of have just been struggling the last few weeks. <laughs> Gotcha, and I think I think that's a good transition into your guys' defense. Um, so we had we hired away your safeties coach as our defensive coordinator last year, um, who's been a revelation. He's honestly been probably the thing fans are most excited about about this Rutgers team is how good our defense is playing. But let's talk a little bit about your defense. The, the some of the metrics on this defense was, are really really good. So you guys are twelfth in total defense. Uh, you only allow two hundred ninety four yards a game. Your third in third down conversion rate, you're only allowing third downs to be converted at a 25% rate. And you're also 12th in first downs allowed. You've only allowed 111 over the season. But it doesn't seem like you guys force many turnovers and doesn't seem like you guys force much pressure because you're 117th in sacks, 126th in tackles for loss, and 76th in turnovers. Is it kind of like a bend but don't break type defense that you guys are running? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, our whole defensive staff last year was pretty impressive uh, with your uh, D.C. now. He was our safeties coach, and I believe Indiana's defensive coordinator, Chad Wilt, was our defensive line coach. Um, oh, wow. So losing both those guys I think might have had a little impact on um, the defense this year. Uh, but Joe Rossi, our defensive coordinator, is one coach that I think all Gophers fans realize that he's one of the better coordinators in the country. Um, early in the year – uh, a lot of people are saying that he might be up for a head coaching job, but now since the unit's kind of started to struggle a little bit, I think um, we might get him back for one year, which I think would probably be good for the program. But uh, like I like I said earlier, I think the biggest issue with the defense is that just haven't been getting any pressure. Um, the Gophers might have the best or one of the best defensive back units in um in the conference, and when you get no pressure on the quarterback, that just puts so much pressure on the secondary. And I think the last few weeks, when the Gophers have started to play better quarterbacks, uh, it's kind of started to show in the box score um, that they just haven't been able – you can only do so much with five really good defensive backs because uh, if that's all you have, then that's all the pressure's on them, and I think it's kind of starting to show, and it's kind of been a bend-don't-break kind of defense, like you said. If you told me Joe Ross you would be up for a head coaching job about five years ago, I would have called you insane. <laughs> this guy also, was just so also bad. Also former Rutgers DC, yeah. Yeah, he gave up 30 points per game his first year, 35 points per game his second year, and then gone awful, beyond brutal, and... Rutgers fans hate him, so I mean it's complete opposite from Minnesota, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's he was really young when he took over, though. I think he was like 35 when he was the Rutgers DC. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I keep hearing good things from players about uh, the way he coaches. It just seems like everyone likes him, and I mean, last year our defense was one of the best in the country, um, and kind of under him, it, it's been. Uh, since he's taken over for Minnesota, it's been pretty good. And it, it's weird the amount of connections that Rutgers and Minnesota has with all these uh, coordinator and assistant coach switches. And even uh, now, uh, Curtis Dunlap Jr., big offensive guard, transferred there uh, last year. Yeah. Completely forgot about that. Who's been a starter for us. He's been, he's, he hasn't been great. Um, it's been bad. It seems like he had a lot of injury issues at Minnesota. Would you say that he would have played more had he not been hurt all the time? 
Yeah, I believe, I'm pretty sure he's the highest-ranked recruit that the Gophers have gotten under P.J. Fleck. He's a top 200 guy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, went to IMG Academy down in Florida, I think. And uh, this year, I think a lot of Gophers fans would like to have him because our offensive line hasn't been doing too good. But, yeah, it definitely, I think injuries have kind of hurt his development. Yeah, the, the connections between Rutgers and, and Minnesota at all levels are pretty crazy. Obviously, P.J. Fleck, Kurt Soraka, Matt Simon, Joe Rossi. And then on our side, we got Joe Harris-Simiak, um, Quentin, or Curtis Dumlap. What, did, what does your fan base think of, of Harris-Simiak when he was there? Because, like we said earlier, we love the guy. But was he like a was he a guy everybody loved when he was at Minnesota? And uh, why do you think he wasn't given a shot to, to move up more when he was there? Yeah, I. Uh, it's really interesting when you start talking about the positional coaches and uh, the coordinators because I think that's kind of what separates uh, good college coaches from great college coaches because when you look at, like, the high level, obviously guys like uh, Nick Saban and Ryan Day and all these uh, – and Kirby Smart, they're uh, almost rotating coordinators every year, every two years, and they're bringing in big names that always go on to be head coaches – um, so, Harris Simiak was a guy that I think a lot of fans realized wasn't, or kind of was a big loss, because he was kind of, he was obviously the co-DC and kind of the number two guy on the defense, and I think we're kind of seeing that uh, that extra voice in the in the defensive uh, room has kind of hurt in this unit as a whole this year. Um, the secondary is still on fire, like I've kind of been preaching the whole time, but uh we replaced, I think, three or four defensive coaches, and I think that's kind of hurt the unit overall. Harris Simiak was a guy I think a lot of people realize uh, now kind of a big loss. We I want to go back to Matt Simon a little bit. I know uh, he meant or Mike just mentioned that he was at Rutgers before. Uh, Rutgers obviously has an opening at offense coordinator. A lot of people keep talking about him as a potential candidate. What, what are you hearing about him and like, his connection to the players and how much he has an influence on this offense? Uh, that certainly, I guess, wouldn't shock me completely if he moved on from uh, Minnesota because I personally think he's kind of gotten a raw deal, so to speak. Um, I know when Kirk Scirocco left the first time, he was the interim offense coordinator for our bowl game um, against Auburn in the Outback Bowl. Um, and he did a pretty good job, and people were like, oh, we should just uh, promote this guy within. Uh, but then P.J. Fleck decided to bring in Mike Sanford Jr. Uh, it really didn't work out. Um, and then he got fired um, before the bowl game, and Matt Simon was promoted to the uh, interim offense coordinator again and did a pretty good job uh, against West Virginia last year in the bowl game. And now uh, obviously decided to bring Kirk Sharaka back in, and Matt Simon's kind of still always been that number two guy. Um, so if I was him, I would be kind of uh, – it just depends how loyal he is to P.J. Fleck, and at the end of the day, I don't – I think the only person that knows that answer is him. Um, and I wouldn't be completely shocked if he moved on after this year. So he's undefeated in Bulls. That's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to talk about uh, something that – some fans really like to hear about, some don't. Uh, so this game opened as Rutgers being 10-point underdogs, and that line quickly jumped to 14.5 points. I think a lot of us are really kind of confounded by that. This doesn't seem like a game that should be more than a two-score line. Do you feel like that line is way off as well, or do you think that sounds about right for where you think Minnesota and Rutgers are? Um, I think most 
Gophers fans wouldn't be happy with anything less than that. Um, less than a two touchdown uh, victory. Uh, I personally think I side with you guys a little bit. I think the line's a little too big. Um, I just don't think there's been anything the last three weeks that shows um, the Gophers can really beat anyone in the Big Ten by two touchdowns. I think this conference is really deep top to bottom. Um, and, like, Rutgers, you guys could have easily knocked off Nebraska, and you could be sitting at a, as a 4-2 and two team right now, or 5-2. and two. And uh, Yeah. So I, Rutgers is uh, not a team to look past. Uh, I kind of wrote about it in a, a breakdown earlier this week that, Kind of Greg, Greg Schiano has those teams that are always going to stick around. They're never going to, I think, shoot themselves in the foot. Kind of like P.J. Flex, same philosophy, that they just make few mistakes. They might have a few turnovers uh, on both sides now, but um, I, I certainly would not be sh- – I think this is going to be an ugly game, personally. Yes, and I agree. Hopefully, the, at, at least for the Gophers' side, that they uh, get back on track. Yeah, I agree, because both teams – in terms of their philosophy, are very similar because obviously PJ was a mentor, Chiano mentored PJ Fleck. They both have, you know, they're trying to run the ball, they're trying to keep it low scoring, trying to keep it close. So unless there's like, like the Iowa Rutgers game, for example, like Rutgers was in that game the whole time. It was just two pick sixes blew it open. So I, I think we kind of see a similar thing here. Unless there's like some turnovers that set up short fields or are returned for a touchdown, I just don't see how this is a blowout personally. I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, I I think the offense just hasn't shown anything to put up another one of those 45-point games. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and if they score less than 30, um, I think Rutgers is going to be in the game the whole time. Um, it's a really interesting game for P.J. Fleck and this program right now because um, I think most Gophers fans would tell you this is about as close as you can get to a must-win. Um, if Because... After that 4-0 start, a lot of fans were talking about the Rose Bowl, talking about Big Ten Championship. There were a lot of high expectations. A lot yeah, of at least were... the Big Ten West, at yeah, the very least. Yeah, because yeah. uh, it's kind of a year to do that. Um, yep. It's it's up in the air. And when uh, we started out that hot, and teams like Purdue, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, they all picked up a loss, it, it opened the door. They, they had an opportunity, and they kind of squandered it. Um, so... If Minnesota loses this game, I think the sky might start falling um, on a lot of fans, I think, hopes of the future of this program, personally. I, I don't know if it will uh, for me. I think there's still some stuff to like, but uh, I think the general public would not be real happy if they drop this game. That's fair. Uh, I did have one last question about Tanner Morgan. You, you referenced this 2019 season earlier where he had, like, you know, you guys had finished in the top 10. He had his best completion percentage at 66% on the season. He had, you know, 3,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he hasn't really come close to that statistically since. Is that like the Rashad Bateman factor? Or, like, what what's the deal with that season specifically in terms of the offense and why it hasn't even come close to that since? Yeah, so uh, an optimistic Tanner Morgan fan heading into the year would have said it was because of Kurt Scirocco and it's because of the offense coordinator. And uh, once he gets Kurt Scirocco back, he'll be rolling. Um, and we've kind of seen that's not been the case. He started out real hot, um, but the last few games he's been struggling when healthy. And 
Um, so I think it's fair to say it, it was in large part that he had two of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten. Uh, Rashad Bateman, obviously now number one option on the Ravens. Uh, Tyler Johnson, who was a Minneapolis guy. A lot of Gophers fans loved him. Um, kind of forgot all about him. Yeah, yeah. I, he's, uh, I believe, leader in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in program history. So um, not too successful in the NFL. He's kind of burnt out. Um, but a lot of fans are, I think, realizing that it had a large part to do with the wide receiver talent that they had um, and the defensive talent. There was just a lot of NFL players on that team, Antoine Winfield Jr. on the defense. And uh, he was just kind of set up in a perfect scenario. And I think every – you could, I could go down a whole rabbit hole of that season, but they started out with four one-score games, one-score wins over – uh, non-Power 5 schools or FCS schools, and then they ended up uh, going to the Outback Bowl. So it was kind of just, I think, looking back on it, everything just fell into place perfectly that season. Um, and I think the rest of this year is kind of their chance to prove if that was a fluke or not. Yeah, you guys also lost Benjamin St. Juice that year. You had Boye Mafia on that team. Like, that defense is pretty loaded. Um a lot of NFL players. Richie, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you have any questions before we get into predictions here, Richie? I got one one serious, super serious one for you. Have you ever met Norris Wilson? Uh, no, I've not. Oh, my God. You got you to gotta talk to that guy. He is the funniest motherfucker you'll ever meet. He took over <laughs> as Rutgers' interim coach for like three games one season after Flood got let go. Mm-hmm. And his press conferences, like if you look it up on YouTube, I'm sure it's somewhere. He would just didn't care. He's just like, I know I'm doing yep. this intern. You go. What's the question? Nope. Yeah. No. Oh no, he's injured. Nope. You next. No, he scored. I don't know. Next. Like it was the funniest guy you'll ever meet. And I think he's like director of player development over there at Minnesota or something like that. But he he yeah. is hilarious. If you ever get the chance, you got to talk to him. I'll I'll question I'll for him. statement. Yeah. Uh, PJ's press conferences are an absolute whirlwind. That dude will. Uh, spend five minutes answering one question. Uh, he loves to talk, but that's another story. Do you, do you know whose Taylor is? Because, I mean, th- some of those suits are pretty sick looking. I'm not going to lie. I, I agree. I, I don't know who his Taylor is. I might have to uh, figure that out. That's all I got. I got the all important right. questions, not the, not the in-depth ones. So we're going to put you on the spot now. How do you think this game goes? Give us a score prediction, and, and uh, we'll do the same. Um, yeah, so personally, I think, I mean, Minnesota's back is truly against against the wall. Um, like I said, I think uh, really would have to take a long look in the mirror if they lose this game. Um, so I, I think they're going to find a way to win, personally. Um, I think it's not going to be pretty. Um, and at this point, I think that's all the Gophers fans really need and all this team really needs. So I, I think they win in a close one. Um, Maybe 21-17. All right, Richie, what do you think? I know you usually give it on Friday, but let's give it uh, Yeah, no, no, I can, I can do this too, though. This uh, this is an interesting game. Number one, it kind of pisses me off because it's a 2.30 kickoff. Like, what, what the hell is going on there? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> besides the point, um, I think the 14 spreads wild. I'd probably, like, if, if you leave the state of New Jersey, you could bet on Rutgers. I'd probably go throw a good amount on plus 14 Rutgers. Yeah. Um, but I do plus think it's going to be a half. Oh, is that what it's up to? Jesus. Like, um, I think it actually dipped to 13 and a half on some books, but you could still okay. get it someplace 14 and a half. Gotcha. I bet online. There you go. 
Hey. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, over under 40, I think that's probably about pretty close, but I do think that actually hit the overhits as well. I think 24-20, 24-21, um, it could go either way. Right now, I think Minnesota's the more experienced team, so I'll give them the edge. But uh, they do give up 115 rushing yards a game. If Sam Brown's healthy, that's the big question mark here. I think Rutgers could put up a 100-yard rushing game and, and sneak this one. Now, both defenses are good. Both, well, Rutgers' offense is pretty bad. It seems like Minnesota's offense is struggling. I, I think Minnesota finds a way to pull this out, but I think it, it's very, very close. Like, I think it's a lot closer, obviously, than the books are saying, than what all the predictors are saying. So this could go literally either way. It's it's going to be an interesting game, and this is P.J. Flex's first time ever going against his, uh, I don't even know what his uh, protege, no. So Shiano has oh, never lost to one of his former assistants either. Oh, there you go. I don't know how many games he's played against for, former assistants, but that's just a, a little nugget I heard recently. I, I agree that I agree with both you guys. This is going to be a close, ugly game. I think it's ultimately going to come down to who can <clears throat> cause chaos on defense more, whether that be turnovers, setting up short fields, you know, putting up, set, putting the other team into a lot of third and long situations, and I just. I, I have a feeling about this game for Rutgers. I, Rutgers has momentum with the firing of the new the offense coordinator. We won a, a really emotional game last week when we started off down 14-0, and we ended up winning by a touchdown. I think Rutgers finds a way to pull it off, but it could go either way. I, I'm going to say something like 23-20. to, to 20. I, I just, I've put a lot of money on Rutgers against the spread in this one. But it, I just think it's a toss-up, um, just given how – if we were playing Minnesota week five versus, you know, week eight, that would be one thing. But I think Minnesota kind of is reeling right now, and given that we don't know what the quarterback position is going to have in store for them, it wouldn't surprise me either way, whoever won, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict for Rutgers on this one. Uh, Tony, thanks for joining us. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything else you wanted to, to discuss or ask us anything about Rutgers before you, we sign off here? I, I think we covered it all. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. That's L-I-E-B-E-R-T. Uh, any any Gophers news? Next time Rucker is playing the Gophers, check in for some for some analysis of of the Golden Gophers. But uh, yeah, other than that, I appreciate you guys having me. For sure, uh, Richie. Got anything else you want to bring up before we sign off? Uh, no. I, I mean, I. New schedule came out. I don't think Minnesota Rutgers is on next year, so we don't have to worry about nope. that one, I guess. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's really it. Um, it's going to be an interesting game Saturday, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe a little spooky Halloween stuff. <laughs> maybe. I did see Minnesota got a little taste of how shitty the Big Ten East schedule is, though. You guys got to play Minnesota, Michigan and Ohio State next year, which Ooh. is rough. Yeah, we got, we got a tough draw. Uh, North Carolina, who's kind of, I think, going to be a pretty good team next year, too. And, oh, they're um, yeah. very good. Drake May Drake might be Mace. the best quarterback in college football. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that's a hot take. No. Um, so, rough schedule for you guys next year. But once again, thank you so much for joining us. This has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Signing off.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.